This podcast is brought to you by Blue Guardian, the only prop firm that protects their traders. By the time I got to work, I had made more money than I would for that full day. I quit my corporate job about four years ago now to pursue trading full-time. Episode 246. All right, folks, we've got Tanner Owing here in the house. He's a stock index trader from California, and he tells you what it takes to go from corporate to full-time trader. There's ups and downs, lessons from his mistakes, lessons from things that he's done, tons of stuff in this episode for you folks who are in corporate wanting to become a full-time trader. And uh, at the end of this, what we did was we dropped a special little strategy that he trades. Uh, so you guys are going to see that at the very end of the interview. If you're listening on the pod, you're probably going to want to jump onto the YouTube channel to check to catch that video. Now, uh, other things going on here at Trading Up, we've got the Mystery Trader is starting to place trades on the Telegram chat. If you're not over there, go and check it out. Uh, we've got the live streamers, we've got the Blue Guardian updates every week happening, and we've got a pre-market analysis on the YouTube channel as well. So please go and check that, subscribe to the YouTube if you're not already. And last but not least, if you're looking to automate anything, then go check out my Robot Builders Club. All the links to this stuff is in the description. All right, folks, let's get on with the interview after hearing from our sponsor. Our sponsor, Blue Guardian, is the only prop firm that gives their traders a tool to protect them from hitting their max daily loss and over trading. It's super simple to use. Just set the Guardian protector each day from your dashboard. Did you also know that they've just released an unlimited time evaluation with a zero trading days requirement, giving you plenty of time to hit their low 8 and 4% targets, making it super fast to get funded. Plus, it's cheaper than the 40-day time limit evaluation. Check out the link and coupon in the description to get 10% off your next Blue Guardian evaluation. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Tanner Owings here on the show, a four-year full-time trader. Uh, and he is, uh, sorry, should, I should say, you've been trading full-time for four years, um, and you're also a powerlifter, so you've got some great analogies that you can sort of relate to powerlifting and trading, which we're going to hear of. You're from California. And you're 30 years old. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Excited to be on here. Um, yeah, looking forward to kind of sharing my story with with lifting and trading and, you know, all the parallels in between. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's dive into it straight away and find out how you got into trading in the first place. Yeah. So um, I quit my corporate job about four years ago now to pursue trading full time. Um, I first got into trading probably about five years ago, I'd say. It kind of started off like classic right out of college. I had some buddies that started working corporate. You know, they started buying some stocks. I started buying individual stocks, you know, like, oh, buy some shares of Apple, buy some shares of Tesla. I started doing that. Um, and that's kind of just like my basic introduction to it, you know, just buying and holding stuff long term, not really knowing about charts, not looking at markets too much, just buying stocks to hold. Um, and then I was working a corporate job and all of a sudden the Bitcoin craze happened mm -hmm. and it was the first time Bitcoin hit 10K and, you know, obviously everyone and their mother heard about it. So it was like this huge deal. And that kind of really sparked my interest because I remember I was at work and I was like, okay, well, everyone's buying Bitcoin. I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. And I bought it. And then I remember like the next day, you know, I was instantly up like a thousand bucks and I was like, what, 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 like, what is this? This is crazy. So I was like, wait, these are, you know, these are, these are markets like what is like, I didn't know anything about it. So that kind of really sparked my interest initially. Um, and then after that, I remember I like kind of wanted to start looking at some charts, you know, open up a chart, have no idea what I'm looking at. Um, still at this time, I'm kind of just like blank on things, just like seeing things here and there. And then, you know, on the Internet, kind of came across the the famous Wall Street bets Reddit forum. Uh -huh. 
I'm sure uh, tons of the listeners have heard about that. So, you know, I came across options in that point and that's kind of what sparked my interest in it. And I remember I was on my way to work one day and I had bought an option on Netflix. And by the time I got to work, I had made more money than I would for that full day. And so that was kind of like, I was hooked from there. And I was like, okay, I need to learn about this. Like, this is really interesting. So from there, I realized, you know, I kind of wanted to learn more just about trading in general. I wanted to learn about these charts because I was remember looking at them at work here and there. And like I said, I just had no idea what I was looking at. I was like, you know, what is this? Like no clue at all. Um, and then I really got lucky kind of just Instagram did its thing. I, you know, there's so many trading communities out there, so many chats and everything. And I came across this one called Alpinicus Holdings. And to this day, I still trade with them, trade live with them every single day and just got super lucky because it's like the only group really that I've found where nothing is really handed to you on a silver platter. It's all about education. Like it's all about really learning how to think for yourself. So I never really got served signals off the bat. I was never like a signals trader or anything. Like it was more here is, you know, philosophies, here are some ideas and you kind of have to base your own thesis around it. So I kind of had some tough time in the beginning because I was like, okay, well, I don't know how to create a thesis. I don't know how to look at any of this stuff. And then from there, you know, I saw that they had a course and I was like, okay, let me take a course. So I took the course and I took that course in May of 2019. And I just, I just fell in love with trading. I was like, this is so cool. This is so interesting. Like, you know, starting to learn about obviously the basics, candlesticks, patterns, all, all the very, very simple stuff in the beginning. Um, and then by that time, um, later that year, it was October and, you know, I only had like four months of kind of looking at charts at this point, really. And I just decided that I was going to quit my job to trade full time. So I really don't recommend doing it that fast. Um, it was very soon, but, you know, I didn't really have anything to lose at the time. I saved up. I had about like $50,000 saved up. So I was like, you know what? Worst comes to worst. I could like, you know, I could live off this for a bit. I could trade very small. And actually one thing I did that was really smart is I've worked in the restaurant industry, like a, like a huge part of my life, a large part of my life. So even when I used to work corporate, I worked corporate technology. And one of my corporate jobs was for like a corporate technology restaurant company. We're dealing with restaurant software and stuff like that. Um, so even when I worked at corporate, I basically would have like one day a week where I would still work at the restaurant because it was like this restaurant I've been at forever. It's called Tony Pepperoni. It's like family to me. Like I've just, it was my first job when I was 15. Even when I went to college, I would come back and work on, you know, breaks and stuff like that, serving, bartending, doing all that type of stuff. So I was like, you know what? At least I have a game plan for, you know, me trying to pursue trading full time. I can quit my corporate job and I can work at night at the restaurant. And then I have all the time during the day to trade and like learn and like live that lifestyle of a trader, you know, the real lifestyle of like learning and stuff, not all the Lambos you see on, on the cram. But um, yeah, that was something I'm, I'm really glad I did because that took a lot of stress off of me. If I wouldn't have done that, like, I don't know if I would have been able to make it to like where I am today, just because the first, you know, the first two years, it just really didn't make much money. It's just a lot of learning, a lot of trial and error. I just kind of took the jump too. So, you know, once I dove in, it's like, I don't have any experience in it. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of got the high initially and then, you know, started getting my ass handed to me and being like, oh shit, I don't know any of this. Like, I, I really need to learn something about it. So um, really like, I'm, I'm glad I ended up doing that because that floated me really for the first two years to kind of stay in the game. And then right around about probably like two and a half years, I finally saw some consistency 
and got to the point where I started to actually pay my bills for a bit. And then from there, I started to like dwindle down my days at the restaurant and, you know, got to the point where I was like, okay, like I'm paying my bills. This is great. And, um, even to this day, like I still work like one day a week at the restaurant on Saturday nights, just because like, I might as well, it's family. Like it's, you know, and I'm, I, I like multiple sources of income as well. So it's like, for me, I always like having multiple sources of income and I'm glad I did that type of leap because it probably would have been much, much stressful, much more stressful if I had not done that. So yeah, since then I've basically been able to like pay my bills and kind of just start to grow in the sense. Like I remember last year in February, I had my first five figure month. And so that was like a big, big turning point where I was like, okay, cool. This is, you know, this is starting to see some like real things where I'm like making, you know, decent money so far. And then like the bear market really happened. And I was like, oh shit, I don't really know that much about risk. And I kind of went the next few months really kind of having to relearn some of my strategy, having to relearn about risk a lot. Um, because, you know, when markets are just trending and trending, you can just buy any dip and it kind of just works. So really learning how to establish risk. That was something that was like a big, big um, breakthrough for me. And it took like quite a few months and some time to really get to the point of understanding that. So, um, yeah, pretty much that's. And so, so how did you how did you sort of fund you know you're whilst you're working at this restaurant in the first few years I mean how did you fund the the trading accounts and and or like well how did you get funding if you didn't fund it yourself? Well, I did. I had fifty thousand dollars saved up, and then luckily the amount of money that I was making at the restaurant was enough to like pay my bills and get me by because like I'm I'm a single dude like I don't have that many liabilities like it's it's something where I live very below my means so I was like you know what I got fifty grand. I started trading with about 20 grand of it and then like quickly almost lost it all. And that was like really scary. And then, you know, like I said, eventually built it back up. But yeah, I had that initial nest egg of about 50 grand. Um, and I would just fund accounts very small because I, I would blow them all the time. You know, it would happen all the time. But I would I would fund like, you know, like 5K here, 5K here, 2K here, like really small. And that was like honestly a really good safety net for me. If I hadn't done that, like I... I would have gotten absolutely destroyed and probably just gone on tilt because I think tilt days are like one of the worst things that can happen to traders and everyone is prone to them. Some people are better at handling them than others, but personally it's been like one of my worst things. It's like, once I go on tilt, it's like, this is, this is why once I started trading futures, actually it was something that I was really grateful for where I saw, you know, these brokers have like, almost like a, like a, like a golf caddy. Like I want to call it like a trade caddy built in where you can right. set like risk settings where it's just going to auto liquidate you. So it's like, I'm like, Oh, I can set these own rules. So it's like, I, if my mindset is compromised, at least the broker is going to auto stop me and then, you know, just shut me out for the whole day to protect me. So, okay. and yeah. so, so on that risk sort of uh, conversation, I mean, so when you say, you, you know, you blew a few two, two to five K accounts, I mean, how did that, how, how much were you risking on like, for, for example, on one trade on one of those accounts? Yeah. So I was mainly trading. I pretty much the most of my career has been trading options from like the first couple of years. I really only got into futures about like four to five months ago and I've been relearning that strategy. So with options specifically, I would put in about $800 to $1,000 per position because I knew in the back of my head, like I had more money to risk out like on my bank account. But ideally, I was always shooting for around 800 to 1000 as like my core position, and basically looking to make like 20 to 50% because options can do returns very, mm -hmm. very fast. Mm -hmm. So as far as risk overall, though, 
there's times where I would risk like 50% of that, yeah. 60% of that, just way too much. And because that, and that's one thing I really like about futures actually much more is the risk is so much more controlled. It's so much more specific options. There's all these variables involved, like with Greeks and all these crazy terms and whatnot. And if you don't know how to deal with that, it's just like the slippage can, can cost you 10% itself. So really when it came to risk early on, like I didn't understand it. That's why I said when the bear market came, I just, I got smoked so fast and I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to relearn about risk. I need to learn, relearn about, you know, structure-based trading and, and better price action strategies. So, so making that transition from options to futures, I mean, what was that like for you in terms of the, the kind of things you had to sort of relearn or, or, or evolve in your trading? Yeah. So the, the big, I would say like the big thing that for the transition that was, that was difficult was just understanding that, you know, it's, it's actually wasn't difficult. It was a good thing. Understanding like where you get stopped out, you shouldn't be moving around your stop with options. That's the thing is like, there's not options with the variables involved because they're derivative. It's not going to be a set specific amount where like this is your stop loss because market makers can catch you in slippage. The cool thing about futures is they're so liquid where like majority of the time, unless the algos really, really hit, you're not going to get caught in that much slippage. Like it's not going to happen very, very big, especially I'm just straight, I'm trading ES and NQ. So, you know, it's like one of the, mo the most liquid markets pretty much like in the world. It's, you're not really getting caught in slippage with options. There's so much slippage involved. So you couldn't set hard stops in the broker. I mean, you, you could, but the market makers would would see that and they'd open it up mm -hmm. and they would just they'd take you out every time so that was the really good transition for me that i loved i was like wait a second i can have a hard stop based on structure and price that i'm looking at this is great and so like that was one of the best transitions from options and futures for me just because it's just like a tangible set price i knew exactly how much i was going to risk i knew exactly how much i was going to lose and that mindset too is like, you know, that's a huge part of trading itself is like going from the mindset of how much money am I going to make to really just thinking how much money am I going to lose if I'm wrong on this setup changed the game for me. Because the mm -hmm. more you start to think about that, like it just, you need to protect your ass. It's like, that is really the career. All right, folks, I'm here at Blackpool Markets headquarters in Auckland, New Zealand. You can see this amazing view behind me of Auckland Harbour. Now, talking about views, if you do want to get free TradingView Pro, then all you need to do is trade one lot a month at Blackpool Markets, and they're going to give you free TradingView Pro. So, folks, to find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. And so, so I mean, with that, like, and I, I suppose that's kind of unique for probably a lot of listeners out there who who may already, already always trade with a stop loss or have never even experienced not trading with a stop loss. I mean, what what how did that affect your sort of win rate or stuff like that? So, I'm guessing now you've got a fixed stop, you can actually put a stop in there, which might might mean you get mm -hmm. stopped out more often. Yeah. So my win rate definitely has gone down from trading futures, but overall my my profits have gone up because I'm understanding exactly how much I'm risking. So with options, like my win rate was pretty high, actually. It was about like 68%. Um, but it was really understanding the core of these deep, bigger picture individual name setups. And really, I took a lot of those philosophies and I'm trying to bring that over to futures because with documenting and playbooking and understanding individual names, like, you know, when I create a playbook, I'm looking through, I'm basically creating 
you know, a set amount of setups based on certain specific criteria from like a top-down approach. I'm looking for a weekly to daily to hourly, and then like trying to figure out how I can get involved on the two minute. And there's all these boxes I want to check specifically. So it's like when I create a playbook setup and I'm documenting that for an individual name, I'm understanding like the core of it very, very well. And bringing that over to futures, what's nice is I'm still always looking top down, but markets have more predictable like reversion to the mean trading. So it's like a lot of the times I'm not really looking to catch a trend day. It's like trend days in the markets only happen about like, you know, what is it like 20 or 30% of the time anyways. So a majority of what I've tried to set up around futures is really understanding overall that it's it's going to be a mean reversion product. Like I'm looking to not catch this home run. I'm like, I'm looking to ca like catch a reversion back to VWAP or I'm looking to really just look to retest high a day and learning like a lot of structure-based trading with price action is what I have found success so far in, in futures. And that has allowed me to kind of create more of this process-based system as well, which is heavily reliant on um, reactions to like specific levels, like I said, and just, you know, like I said, not going for home runs. Mm -hmm. So with futures, kind of like some of my system that I'm really focusing on, like just at the core of it is pretty much I'm looking to, like I said, be heavily scout focused where, and I'm not talking seconds, I'm talking like at least like five, you know, five, 10 minutes. I know some people like say scalping is, you know, only quick seconds or whatever. It's a different for everyone, but for me about five to 10 minutes, um, depending on what it is, maybe sometimes only a couple minutes, but pretty much what I'm looking for is a reaction to a specific level. And again, top-down approach. And that level can be maybe prior day high, prior day low, or VWAP. Those are like some of the three best ones to start with. And then from there, really just looking for some sort of signal bar, whether that is a hammer or like a, you know, an engulfing candle or something like that. And then looking how to establish risk against that signal bar and kind of use it as like a cash flow product. Like really understand like once I'm starting to make money on it, you know, I want to take some some contracts off. I want to put some money in my pocket. I want to move my stop up right away um, and kind of just have like a, a higher hit rate overall. And I think that's been something that has been tough because, you know, I want to have a high hit rate. So it's required me to really slow down tons and tons and tons because again, with futures, what I wanted is a lot of my option strategy was derived around earnings season. I got really good at trading earnings gaps. I really, the core of my career was built around earnings season and these earning gap setups because I understood them really well. But when it wasn't earnings season, I would find myself being like, okay, I'm kind of having trouble, you know, on a day to day, kind of finding something that's just really consistent. And like I said, cash flowings, because like I'm trying to trade to make income. Like I'm, you know, that's kind of what I'm focusing my trading style around. So getting into futures and learning like, okay, like here is, here's the style of trading where I could do this every single day. I don't have to go for home runs. I can do these predictable setups that are going to happen pretty much every single day and I can create a living out of it. So really the goal for me, which I've been trying to develop, and I learned this from one of my mentors um, in Alpinicus Holdings. He's actually the owner of it. His name is Kyle Janis. He, his whole philosophy is he's like, look, if you can catch 10 points today in ES, He's like, you can make your living. It's like, that's really all it comes down to. So like kind of thinking of that, because I used to use the whole idea behind like a daily goal of money, you know, okay, I need to hit this much money per day. Like that's my daily goal. But then there's times where, you know how it is, it's you don't hit it and you get frustrated or, you know, you start making way more than it. And then the next day it doesn't feel like enough. So I just, I just noticed from like a psychological standpoint, like that wasn't something 
that I could sustain that well. So kind of switching over to the whole idea of just points. And I'm like, okay, if I can just capture 10 points, you know, this is going to allow me to make my living day to day. And, you know, if I'm only going to catch maybe three to four points sometimes and the trade just starts to turn around, it's at least I have my stop at break even. And, you know, I caught three to four points. And then from there, I'm like, okay, what's the next setup? Where's the next reference point at a level that I'm looking for? You know, where is the next test of S1 or where is the next test of VWAP? Like stuff like that. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, funnily enough, so you trade the ES uh, futures, E-minis, on a two-minute chart, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a guy I've just had a, on the show, Fessel from uh, Hawaii, does exactly the same thing. Same time frame, same market. Do you trade the open? I do trade the open. Um, it just depends. Yeah, it really just depends. Like, so the cool thing about futures that I love is you can set like stop limit orders. Obviously, so you know if there's a structure that I'm looking at in the pre-market, let's say. And I have some sort of 15 minute signal bar beforehand. Cause again, like I trade on the two minute, but I'm always going top down. I'm looking for bigger context. I'm looking for bigger picture ideas behind the setup. And let's say there's like a 15 minute hammer forming right before the open. And I see where I can actually potentially set my, my risk already. I could set a stop limit order and try to catch that momentum on the opening drive. And as it rips through it, it's going to fill me and just like take the momentum and carry you away. So, so yeah, I will trade the open and like that. It's like I said, it really just depends. Um, and that's something that is nice with futures that I love too, because trading the open with options is very, very risky. Like I can't tell you how many times I just got smoked from trading the open with options because the options, the spreads are just, it takes a, a second for them to settle sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes it works in mm. your favor and, and it's, it's great. But when it doesn't work in your favor and you're down like 50% right away, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I think that's where, that's where futures sort of come into their own in the E-mini. And there's just so much volume that you don't need to worry about spreads and, and slippage so much. It's yeah. it's just mm-hmm. doesn't really exist. Um, yeah, I think it would be quite interesting for even just the, the viewers, because I know you've done a PowerPoint that we're going to go into after uh, in another video to compare what you do, if we could even see that at the open versus what um, this guy Fasil does. And you've got the sort of two variations of, of the same market at the same time frame as well. Uh, right now, uh, it's you've got a very interesting story in terms of like, I don't know if people would have like, most people sort of go, okay, like I study trading and then I find that I'm profitable. Then I go and leave my job and I go and trade for a living. Whereas you seem to have like incrementally gone and made that decision of I'm going to trade for a living come hell or high water and the job's not going to let me sort of not going to get in my way. And I'm going to find a like like a method to do both and not completely like destroy my life at the same time as becoming a, a yeah. trader and evolve at the same time, which is highly unusual for this for from you know traders i've interviewed on the show i mean can you give me give us any sort of insight into into how you sort of what what made you different in that respect and how you sort of came up with this idea of like i'm just going to do trading even though i can't like necessarily i'm not necessarily you know making a fortune out of it i'm going to do it until i do mm-hmm. what was the sort of thinking behind that yeah so a good question honestly i've just always really been entrepreneurial minded even when I worked corporate, I just, I hated it. Like I always knew I wanted to do something for myself right out of in college. I was doing always like these little side things, trying to start little businesses with friends, stuff like that. Right out of college, I started a gym. I, I created this app with these guys I was working with at corporate, you know, which I start this app company for this fitness, like this fitness type of wellness app. 
that didn't work. Like, you know, the gym didn't really work out. I tried drop shipping at one point, didn't work out. Like I've always had these entrepreneurial like tendencies, I guess you could say. I remember actually when I was super, super young, like one of my first things is when I was in first grade, it was crazy hair day at school. And I took the can of like coloring your hair to spray it. And I ended up people were like, oh, like, can I get a spray? And I was like, yeah, um, two boxes of spray. And I went home that day and my mom was like, where'd you get all this money? And I was like, I sold a bunch of sprays. And she's like, what the hell? I came home with like 20 bucks. Um, so I've always kind of had that, I guess, like yeah. deep in me. So I've just always known and I wanted to do my own thing. And a lot of it is just, just mindset, honestly. Like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. You know, it's very unconventional in the sense of how traders normally do it. And I don't really recommend what I've done because it has put me through a lot of mental stress for sure. But it also has built so much resilience in my mindset and confidence in trusting that, you know, I know I can do this. I know that if I just don't quit and keep going, it's going to work. Like I will find a way for it to work. And so for me, it's just always really been about mindset. Like I said, just always picking myself up when I'm down, figuring things out like that is really just what it's come down to for me. And honestly, as a trader, like I'm really focused on overall just a system of like habits and process and i think i derive a lot of that from my background as a competitive lifter so as i mentioned like i compete in powerlifting i've been competing in the sport for about seven years for listeners that don't know what powerlifting is it is the it is squat bench and deadlift basically you're testing one rep on each uh, lift and you're trying to put together your best total and competing against other people in your weight class so i've been competing in the sport for about seven years and it's a huge core part of my life. It doesn't pay me any money, unfortunately, but it's just like a passion thing. And it is, it is created, it has given me more than money. It has created so much structure in my life and really just taught me everything about process and learning how to take things day to day. And a lot of what I've done with powerlifting has translated over to trading honestly and i think that is one of like the best benefits of it and i think if you are if you are into some sort of fitness whatever it is it doesn't have to be powerlifting or bodybuilding or like any lifting per se but it's like if you have some sort of fitness aspect in your life already dialed and you are really into it it can actually carry over to your trading much more than you think so really for me like once i kind of got obsessed with learning process you know behind my powerlifting and thinking about how to bring that over to trading, that is really when just like things started to click for me, especially in the past, like, you know, year and a half, two years. So really like what I derive all of this from is like, as a power lifter, what we do is I go through a, what's called like a program and it's like a structured block. So basically every single day I have a powerlifting coach, like I go into the gym and I know exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm following structure. I know exactly what lifts I'm hitting. I know how many reps. I know pretty much what like what weight I'm going to do. It's going to vary here and there. But the whole idea is I have structure and day to day, a majority of my strength training is going to be very monotonous. It's going to be very boring. I'm going to be doing, you know, sets of eight or sets of five. Like I'm not going to be hitting that really big one rep. And how I like to compare that to trading is... Uh, I feel like so many traders just want to go for home runs all the time. And even, you know, I had this mentality too. I want to, I want that big win. I want that big win. But then I started thinking, I'm like, okay, well, with powerlifting, I just follow this plan and this process every day. Yeah. Sometimes it's boring, whatever, but like the outcome is after three to four months, I test my numbers and I get stronger. 
So I started thinking about that with trading and I'm like, okay, well, if I just follow a system and a process of like, you know, the whole idea behind making 10 points, if I do that every day, the whole outcome of just me doing that is I'm going to make money. I was like, I'm, I'm like my, my account's going to stack. And then what I also started to compare, I was like, okay, but when I have, you know, days where I max out in the gym, cause I put in all that work, I like to compare that to days where your setup in the markets are just like, you're in a flow state and you see it, you see your setup, you know, it's there, you know, you have edge and that is like putting size on, like, you know, it, that is the whole comparison of like, okay, like this is my time to shine. I see my edge. I see it. it's like, I know what to do. I need, I need to put size on here. I have to, like, it's, it is in my best interest to do it. But the other days hitting those base hits is really what's going to build you overall with process. Like I said, so pretty much the whole idea of learning process-based trading through my powerlifting and that whole philosophy of trust the process, trust the process. Once you actually try to start to do that and, you know, do the boring stuff, quote unquote, day to day and follow that system, just the, the reps add up over time. And then you start to see some clarity and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm making money. Like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm hitting my goal of working for myself. And that is really, you know, for me, back to the original question, like my whole mindset behind everything. It's like, you know, if I just follow my process the day to day, like I don't have to work for anyone else. Like I, I created this process. I figured it out. I already have some structure in my life where I do follow a process. I'm very, very disciplined about it. Like it is the most consistent discipline aspect of my life, being able to follow all these workouts, not take, you know, any time off from it really, and just have it be a part of almost who I am. And so I'm like, the more I can do that with my trading and follow my process day to day, that's going to become a part of who I am. And it's going to make me a more disciplined trader. Can you remember like a specific time when you, uh, I suppose, transitioned from that, like this thing isn't going very well to I'm actually paying the bills here and this is kind of happening more often than not. I mean, can you remember, was there like a sort of aha moment or a, a specific time that these things ch changed over? And can you remember like what the difference was and how you're able to maintain that? Yeah. So gosh, it's such a good question because I remember watching so many interviews about this because my first two years, I'm like, when is my aha moment? When is it going to happen? Um, and honestly, I don't really think it's a specific moment. It's more of just stringing together a bunch of days and being like, oh shit, I made four grand this week. And like, you know, it's like, and then kind of seeing that and having it start to click and come together. And then I do think well, actually one big turning moment is when you have a slip up day. And cause you know, it's, we all have it, especially early traders in their early career. Like, you know, you're going to have a day, you're going to be doing really well. And then you're going to have a day where just shit hits the fan and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I let that happen? The faster I started to like bounce back from that and not force it. And like, kind of just come back to the markets and do what I'm supposed to do and not let the previous day affect me. That is when I was like, okay, this is progress. This is real progress. Because before my first couple of years, I would have a day like that. And then it would just carry over and I would bleed for days on end. And really like that mindset of being able to be like, today is a fresh brand new day. Like, this is what I'm here to do. This is, this is what I came here for. And this is my objective. The more you can structure that, cause your brain is just like a muscle, you know, it's like the more you can train that and really be fresh every single day. I would say that was kind of a moment for me where I was like, okay, cool. I just, you know, I might've lost like a grand yesterday, but you know, I made 300 today. I made 400 today. Oh my gosh. Now I made 600 today or something like that.
that. Like I, I bounced back and then, you know, the equity curve starts going back up. And I would say that's kind of like the, my aha moment, quote unquote. Okay. Okay. And, and so what does is, what is your typical trading day look like now? And was it different in the past? Yeah. So um, right now, like, again, everything's back to habit. So a typical trading day, I'm in Orange County, California. So on the uh, West Coast here, I wake up at 4.59 a.m. It's funny. I always post this on my Instagram, like 4.59. Everyone's like, why 4.59? I'm just like, it's it's not five o'clock. It's earlier. So, you know, market's open here at 6.30. So it gives me about an hour and a half. Um, I do do a little bit of prep work the night before. So I have some stuff ready. Um, but I wake up and um, with my team up in these holdings, we do uh, like a pre-market kind of webinar, kind of just going over um, stocks in play potentially for any potential option setups, if there are any. And then we go over levels with like NASDAQ and um, and SPY or ES and, and NQ. And from there, kind of create a plan of attack. And it's usually like the more you can simplify your plan of attack day today, because especially as an intraday trader, like I don't want to get overly confused. I don't want to overcomplicate stuff. So I'm just, you know, having a reference point kind of the first 30 minutes is like, okay, I'm going to focus on the reaction to prior day high because we are gapping above it. Like today is a good example. It's like we gapped above prior day high, you know, ES pulled back, it held prior day high. So it's like really coming down into that area. I want to be patient until we get there to really kind of establish um, an idea for the day and just, you know, kind of watch it more. So really initially after we do the pre-market prep after that, I always go to Starbucks. That's another habit. It's, I know it costs me three bucks to get coffee every single time, but me like getting out of my house first thing after waking up that early is just something I have to do. Like I need to get a little bit of movement. I have tons of, I know tons of traders that will work out before, but like with me with powerlifting, it, it's so physically demanding and so tiring. And my workouts are like two, two plus hours long where I just can't do it that early in the morning. I do think moving first thing in the morning is really, really good for you though. And I think everyone should do it. It is like the epitome of kind of getting your brain to wake up. So, you know, go to Starbucks, come back from Starbucks, kind of go over a few things, the game plan. Um, I look to trade, obviously, depending on the setup. And then part of my system is I want to be done every single day by 8.30, like no matter what. So for me, again, it's Pacific Standard Time. So about two hours into the open, like I have alarms I go off on my phone to shut me down because anything that happens after that for me, I just don't really have edge. This is, I don't want to sit there all day. Again, I want to structure. The reason I got into trading in the first place is because I wanted freedom and flexibility of my schedule. I do not want to be constrained behind sitting here at the charts all day. Like, yeah, I do love to trade, but like, I have other aspirations. Like I said, I love, I love to lift. Like I love entrepreneurship. I love creating other businesses. Like I, I love filming content and like building social media side of things. So for me, that 830 is a kind of like a strict cutoff. And usually just from my data that I've seen, whether it's trading options or the actual market itself, I just get into trouble during kind of that midday lull period. So really I try to be done by 830. After this, you know, go make breakfast. I love to read like at least, you know, another habit, like a 10 pages a day of something. Um, I know that sounds kind of cheesy and corny, but you know, it's good whether it's a trading book or whether it's some sort of like personal development book. Um, I'm lucky enough to live very close to the beach here. So I kind of, I drive down to the beach, I read in my car and then sometimes I'll walk by the beach, you know, just get some sunlight. It's just, you know, like doing these things. It's just, this is part of my life that I wanted to set up and it makes me feel good. So it's like, that is again, like what my whole focus is, is trying to create this lifestyle that's you know, I just have freedom and, and flexibility. And, you know, if it's taken me a long time to make tons of money, that's fine. Like, at least I you know I'm grateful. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm paying my bills and making, you know, pretty much what I was at my corporate job. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm great. I'm really grateful for that. So 
for me, again, building that lifestyle is like what I've just, what I've been focused on. And then after that, I'll go to lift. Um, I'll come back from lifting. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but I do do some mentoring one-on-one coaching. Um, this is how I met Tyler who referred me to the show and, um, I'll check in with my clients after that. And then from there pretty much do my, um, I'll get into my trade review. So trade review is really like one of the most important concepts and habits you can build as a trader. And it doesn't matter what trade you are. It's like, you could trade any markets. This is like the, the golden piece of information. You could trade any markets. If you are not doing trade review and documenting like some of the best setups that you see, depending on your strategy and whatever product you are trading day to day, you are doing yourself a huge disadvantage because the, again, this is reps. This is understanding price action. And whether that means you are physically documenting charts and like either, you know, doing the Tom Hogard method where you're writing them down by uh, paper yeah. or, um, you know, or you're doing it with like a software like TraderView or Tradezilla or whatever it is, you need to do this every single day because the more you do this, it builds the reps and really allows you to understand what you're looking for and just create conviction behind your strategy. Because, you know, when you have a strategy, you need to know how to trade it. Like, it's like, that's, that's really the only way. And that's why it was so tough for me in the beginning as a trader, because my first two years, like I didn't know strategy is I'm just, I'm trying stuff, but I'm documenting it. I'm figuring it out. So that's why I have this whole database of playbooks and setups that I've tried and seeing like what, what my hit rates are on some, some of them and really understanding that. So the more you can document every single day, do your review, look into your own insights. Cause like, don't forget for all the listeners, like you're trading as a business and it's your business. And you know, there are so many ways to skin the cat in this game. You do not have to do everything. You don't have to do everything the same as everyone else. Like in terms of what you, you trade, oh, well, this person trades this long-term strategy. This person trades this. It's like, no, like figure out what you like to do and then get really, really good at it and hammer away at it. And so again, I just, I try to focus on doing that review every single day that I can. And then after that, my day is pretty much wrapped up. You know, I'll I'll try to focus on making some some content or something for Instagram or whatever. And then I'll do a little bit of prep for the next day, kind of looking at markets, like where, you know, seeing what futures are doing. And then from there, like, that's it. That's my, that's my trading day. And and what about, um like, I mean, so, so you're talking about like, obviously forward testing and, you know, check or checking what's happened at that prior or that current day. What about back testing? Did you... Do you do any back testing as part of a routine or do you have, um, did you do some before you dove into the futures market? Yeah. So when I was doing options, I was doing um, back testing on bigger picture setups because especially with earnings gaps, like, you know, you go to a company that has earnings and has a similar setup, you want to kind of see how price is reacting. So I was able to do that on Thinkorswim a lot, which was really great. Um, Thinkorswim on demand is not the best though. It's very, very slow. Um, what I love though for futures backtesting, and I have been doing ever since I have been learning it more and more is using, I use Tradeavate as my broker and Tradeavate has a market replay function. And I know like TradingView has this and stuff too, but the cool thing with Tradeavate that I don't know if TradingView or these other platforms can do is you can literally take the trade. Like you can, you can do simulated contracts of like actually taking it there. So that's a big part of backtesting that I think is, is, is really beneficial to use because when you're just looking at a chart, you know, it's, everything's hindsight. It's like, as everyone knows, when you're trading, all that matters is what's happening in the moment. Like, how are you reacting? How is that candle, you know, at one point that candle's down, then it's up. It's like, you know, it's like, how are we closing? How is that candle closing? What does your system say behind it? Like, did you rush your entry? Did you rush your exit? So using Tradevate Market Replay has been like such a huge 
great tool for me because literally it's just priced in the moment as it's happening. And my brain's like, okay, like shit, how am I going to react to this? What does my strategy say? So yeah, I do do back testing for sure. Um, probably like once a week on, on practicing that, but a lot of my stuff has been forward testing, honestly, kind of just going through the nitty gritty of it. Um, I do think with futures also, this is not something I've mentioned yet, but getting funded through a prop firm, I got funded through top step and like being able to practice on, you know, a, a funding account is like one of the best things you can do because if you blow that account, which obviously we don't want to, but like, it's going to happen when you're learning something, you know, you lose like a hundred bucks, whatever. Okay. You reset it and you, and you keep trying. But if you end up like getting the strategy down and start doing well, the outcome is you pass when you get a funded account, which is awesome. So it's like, for me, someone it's like, you know, if I lost a hundred dollars in one of my options plays, like that was, that was a great day. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like whatever, I lost a hundred bucks. It's not a big deal. So, you know, using, um, um, using a, a prop firm, I think is very, very beneficial for anyone who wants to dive in the futures game, just because it's, it's going to return so much value to you out of the lowest risk. Like literally it's almost all reward is, is and, and how much, how much funding have you got with top step? Uh, I did the hundred thousand dollar account with top step. Okay. And, and do you yeah. get most of your sort of revenue through the funded, uh, platform or through your own personal trading accounts? Yeah. So a majority of it has been through the funded platform. And then also kind of near the beginning, what I realized is, and what I'm really realizing now is the more funded accounts you can get kind of just like, you know, you're just creating this like giant ultimate revenue stream of where, you know, you, where you do trade copiers and all that type of stuff. So, um, Another prop firm I like is, that I've been using right now that I'm I'm doing their challenge. It's called Take Profit Trader, and they because during also Top Step kind of got rid of Tradevate for a bit, so like I wanted to get multiple accounts. So I was like, okay, is there another prop firm out there that's offering Tradevate at this moment? And right now, um, that has really good rules, like similar rules to Top Step, because I think Top Step has some of the best rules in the game. Um, I like the like there's not really like an intraday drawdown. I like that it's end of day um, and just for my style of trading, like I just, I just jived with them a lot more. So uh, Take Profit Trader has very, very similar rules and they still allow trade of eight. So um, like using their their combine accounts is what I'm actually doing right now to solidify more of my strategy and kind of build up as many accounts as I can. Because the whole idea too is, you know, as like an income-based trader, if I get three funded accounts, I basically can re extremely reduce my risk and size but my outcome is three times the reward. But in order for me to lose the account, it, it's just, it's the risk is almost like tripled in the sense of like, you have three times as much risk, which is way better. So it's like the outcome is, is just, is all up pretty much to me. In my sense, yeah. I, just, I don't know, the whole philosophy <laughs> yeah. behind it and idea yeah. is, yeah, is it just, you make more than you can potentially lose because you have three times the amount of income coming in and, you know, taking, a loss you're not taking three times the loss necessarily it's it doesn't equate like that mm. it's, uh, i just want to dive back to the back testing part of, uh, again because funnily enough i do remember and i'm pretty certain on this tyler who malone who recommended you for the show he he uh he recommended doing back testing without the replay kind of function so without that real-time simulation and said it sort of takes the emotion away and I, i'm i'm kind of like now i think about it i'm kind of because i've done both right and i when I look at when I do it with the replay mode, I always get frustrated. I always it always frustrates me because of things like just going too fast and mm -hmm. or clicking too many candles or hitting the wrong button and the thing zips mm -hmm. forward and you're like, ah, um, all these little things, which 
I mean, you shouldn't really factor in, but they do for whatever reason just annoy me and end up mm. ruining my back testing. Whereas when I do it in the, you know, you can see what's actually happened. Yeah. I find it easier to back test, but sometimes you can kind of, let's call it cheat. And, and um, it can be detrimental because you don't get a true reflection of, you know, are you actually, would you take that trade in real time or were you take, were you missing this entry here that looked like an entry at the time, but you didn't see it in the back test. So there's, Kind of, well, what's your view on that? Like in terms of, you know, not doing the simulated back test. Yeah. So my biggest problem with back testing is when I would look at charts after the fact, it just in the moment of the candle, like I said, of, of price moving up and down in the moment, that is where I find the most value because I, I, at the core for me personally, I'm a discretionary price action based trader. So it's like, I'm really trying to use the price action in real time to kind of determine, you know, like, again, I'm looking at a level, I'm looking at a reaction to that level. And based on that reaction, and then like how the candle closes, like that is really what I'm looking for. But sometimes if the reaction is so strong, and the tape is so strong, I might want to run up with it and like take a small early entry because of how strong the reaction is and based on a discretionary point of view, like I said. So what I do like about the actual market replay is you could see that movement in real time. And another thing that has kind of helped me with that is really kind of just plotting out prior day low, prior day high, or VWAP, like one of my core strategies on a chart. And then from there, looking roughly kind of what time we hit it, but like trying not to look exactly what the candles did on like another chart. And then just quickly be like, okay, like around this time, this is this is when it's coming into this this level. So let me fast forward to like five minutes before this, and see how it reacts mm. and like how I would enter because I, I would catch myself back testing sometimes where like I just looked at the chart, I know what's gonna happen, but in the moment when it's actually going, I'm like, wait, like, do I get in here? Like, this doesn't uh, look like right. it's gonna close. Like, you yeah, know, is yeah, this gonna yeah. hold? Yeah. So it's like, it, even then, you still have that like that mental like mind component of, of price action in real time, you know? And that is the game. Like, especially for me as an intraday trader, it's like, I need to be reacting to price. I do not need to just be like, you know, like, okay, you know, this is here. Okay. Close buy here. Perfect. Sell here. So a big part of it too is signal bar. So for me, a lot of the strategy is based on a signal bar, a reaction to that level, like I said. So I'm really kind of looking for a clear signal and then like a break of that. So like, whether it is like a hammer at, you know, a prior day low or like a hammer at VWAP or an, like a bullish engulfing candle or like some sort of signal bar, like not just like this ugly doji or like, you know, some, just small looking candle that doesn't really give me enough context where, you know, the next bar could just not even break above it. And then, you know, then you're just guessing. So, yeah. um, so yeah. Now, so you like, so you do, you've, you mentioned you do a bit of mentoring, right? So I, I'm, I'm going to mm -hmm. assume that you've had some clients that have come through, which didn't have your, I suppose, early start to get into the trading career. So they're, they're probably more, more around my age. Um, potentially got you know let's call it a family and or other responsibilities mm -hmm. a mortgage you know the price price you know the cost of living's causing them some some grief what what kind of things do you recommend for them to start growing an account so it really just depends how much risk they want to take on number one like again i'm grateful that i don't have that that, that like anything to lose in that sense so yeah i've been able to have this luxury to take it but i did have a client where um she had a family and she had kids and a bunch of stuff going on and she wanted to learn 
more about intraday trading because she did a lot of like swings or she did like a lot of option spreads, which I don't really do spreads. I mainly do like, you know, directional intraday trading one way or the other. So a lot of what we did for her is really just recommending sizing down when you're losing, learning a new strategy. I know it's what everyone says, size down, size down. But like, if you want to commit to learning a new strategy, you have to realize that you are a risk manager at core. And if you do not have that part of your trading down, like that is, that's just going to keep hurting you like longer and longer in, in the long run. So I've learned firsthand that it doesn't matter how good your strategy is and how much you understand it. If you do not have these habits and these, and these good processes built into your core and practicing those every single day, you're just going to be a ticking time bomb. Like, cause really like that's kind of what happened to me for so long in the first couple of years where I just didn't have those habits and processes. I'm just taking steps here and there, you know, like so many days where I'm above my goal and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take one more trade. And then, oh, I gave half of it back. Oh, okay. Well, I want that back now. Okay. Damn it. Now I'm red on the day. Oh shit. Like, you know, it's like, it's all these things blow up. So like for, for, for clients like that, that are learning something new and they do have a lot more of emotional overhead, I would say, and like kind of baggage in that sense where I would just keep reminding them, like, like, don't forget, like I have this quote actually on my monitor. I look at it every single morning. It says, I am a risk manager, understanding that preserving capital is just as important as making profits. So it's like really just reminding them that every single day and just reminding that this career takes so much time to learn. Like the more you rush this, this is a big problem I had too initially where like I would, you know, I want to make money fast. Like, okay, here we go. I'm ready to size up, ready to size up, ready to size up. Every time I size up too fast, I go back to like square one. And so that took me so many times of getting hit in the face my first two years where I was just like, okay, you need to find a size that you're comfortable with and just stick with it for like, until you really, really prove yourself that you are not going to keep screwing up because that emotional component of adding, you know, an extra $500 of size, $1,000 of size, whatever, whatever it is, you know, obviously everyone's different. A lot like baggage comes with that. And unless you get used to understanding that, it's, it's just, it's like I said, it's a ticking mm. time bomb. So really understanding that about, about yourself, taking it slow, take it so slow. I I did a thing where, you know, I'm really trying to network with traders as much as I can talk to them. And I remember in the first couple of years, uh, I always ask traders, how long did it take you to be consistent? How long did it take you to be profitable? Because I was always, always curious because I'm just my first two years. I'm like, dude, when am I going to make money? This sucks. And the answers were so different from everybody. And some traders told me three years, some said five years, one told me like seven years. And I'm just like, oh shit, like this is all across the board. And all of them said the same exact thing though. Pretty much every single trader. They said, the faster you rush it, the further it's going to set you back. So be comfortable with taking it slow and understand again, like I said, it's process oriented. That's mm-hmm. why I always go back to like the power it's, lifting analogy with my lifting. It's all yeah. process oriented. Follow that, those base hits every day. And then all of a sudden you like turn around and look and you're like, oh shit, I just made 10 grand this month. Like, okay, that's adding up. Yeah. It's, it's that rushing it is, is key, right? So like, and it it's so, I think it's so hard for people to, to do because it's like, you know, the shiny object syndrome at the start. And then it, it, it's just, you, it, it's almost like step one is to, if you can get your risk management under control, you've, mm-hmm. you know, tick that box. Okay. And then you just mm-hmm. set, that's not going to make you profitable, but it's something that you've got to, it's a hurdle you've got to overcome. And there's all these little hurdles that you have to overcome to get to the point where, you know, you're consistent, but the reality is you're only consistent until tomorrow. Uh, or, you know, cause at any point in time you could start becoming inconsistent and by any change that you make, that's the that's the reality of it, right? I mean, it, surely, I mean, even even 
traders that trade a specific strategy, and this is just putting it out there to you, they trade a specific strategy, and if that that strategy cha- you know stops working for whatever reason, you know some something happens, the algos kick in or whatever. I mean, in theory, that could potentially turn that profitable trader into a unprofitable trader. Is that would would you agree, or, or do you think that there's a there's a way around that in terms of, um, I suppose, discretionary kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I guess that is one benefit as being a discretionary price action based trader is I really only focus on price. It's like my charts, I have pretty much no indicators on them. I have VWAP. Like VWAP is my only indicator I have. Other than that, I am just strictly really concerned about market structure, volume, and how is price moving? So actually one really good tip that I've gotten from my mentor is he talks about like when markets shift. So it's like, as we go from, you know, an uptrend to a, a range market consolidation into a, into a, uh, a downtrend, whatever it is, the sooner you can kind of identify that shift and be like, okay, well, well we're not making, you know, higher lows anymore. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're not making lower lows. Like whatever it is, the sooner you can make that identification and adapt to it and like kind of set your mind for it. Cause like one thing my mentor is really, really good at is like once the market kind of shifts, like he, like range trading is like one of his favorites. He's like, you know, range is just clear. You know, you have, you want to trade the edges, you know, you want to go short near the top and long near the bottom. So understanding like the sooner you can make that shift and get your mind ready for it. Cause by the time we start to shift, everyone's like, okay, this is another pullback. I'm ready to get long. But like, you know, the, like, no, like the, the really good traders understand like, okay, no, like we just had a, a clear like structure differentiation right here that is showing that something different is happening in the charts. Like price is doing something different. So even like the past couple of weeks or probably like a month ago, you know, when we finally started to have some, some downward action consistently on ES, you know, we had tons of days where we pop and everyone's like, all right, cool. Here's time to buy the dip. And then all of a sudden it would just roll over and make a, a lower high. So understanding the sooner you can understand that and really just always just be open to bigger picture again broad it's like i'm always looking even though i trade on the two minute i'm always looking at the daily chart the weekly chart like like you need to reference those bars every single day and like don't forget about it because it's so easy to get sucked into the small time frames it's like Mm. it doesn't matter how good of a trader you are it's like you know once you get that zoned in you're stuck. So that's why it's important to have your levels on the chart. It's important to have bigger picture context of what you're looking at. And again, like just the sooner you can identify that shift, I think the sooner you can flow with the markets better. Mm. Okay. So, so it's really a flow thing, isn't it? It's uh, and, and like t- t- talking about, I suppose that, you know, kind of up and down uh, ebb and flow. What about mindset and helping traders that, you know, you're mentoring, for example, get their mindset right. I mean, what kind of common things are you seeing are issues and what's the solution to those? Yeah. So, you know, trading is like a high functioning skill. It it requires you to live and act almost like an athlete. So it's like, that's why I always love making this comparison of lifting to trading or like, you know, me being a powerlifter competing is mindsets, everything when it comes to being a trader, it's like your mindset can get compromised so easily. And you have to always remind yourself during the session the best you can of are you compromised or not? And, you know, there's a series of rules you can set um, if you want. Like one thing I actually have my clients do in terms of rules, and this seems to work very, very well for them, is I have them write down their rules, whatever they are, on a piece of paper and have them laminate it. 
So it's like a tangible thing. And I have them get an Expo marker. And every day as the trading session goes on, if you follow a rule, it's like you check off the box. And doing this reverts back to your process and kind of keeps you in line and kind of um, does what SMB Capital talks about this a lot, which is called like a temperature check, meaning like take your temperature, like how are you feeling? Like, are you frustrated? Do you feel like high off, you know, a really good trade you just made? Like, how are you feeling in the session? And check in with yourself. Like when, you know, I have like the aura ring. I don't know if any of the viewers know about that, but it's basically... You know, this tracks my sleep, so it kind of gives me like a score so I can kind of really see like, okay, I, I didn't really get good sleep last night. I need to be careful of my risk and maybe size down a bit, you know, stuff like that. But with the scorecard thing, it's really cool and it works actually very, very well with my clients. And they always tell me too, like, wow, this, this is giving me so much value because I'm staying focused on the process by like tangibly checking these boxes. So again, it's like you go through the card and like maybe you're, maybe you have a rule, it's like don't trade the first five minutes. Once five minutes goes by, like you, you take an XO marker and you're like, okay, boom, let me check that off. And from there, you know, doing that day to day, it reminds you to stay focused on, on process and kind of keep your mind more in check. Because again, you know, you want your mind to, you want to be like an athlete. You need to perform well, you need to sleep well, you need to, you need to think clear. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I've had people ask me too, like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling that well. Cause I'm like kind of sick. And I'm like, you shouldn't trade. Like you're, you're go rest. Like the markets aren't going anywhere. Like you need to relax. You need to rest. This is a high functioning sport essentially. And you need to perform well because otherwise you're just putting your money at risk. Mm -hmm. So, and again, like really, once you get like the taste of doing something dumb or impulsive, you, you know, you get frustrated and that's when you have to have the check-in with yourself and building that like kind of emotional awareness takes a lot of time as a trader. And that's really something that's just, it's just, that just takes like kind of years in the game of understanding mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I just, I, I just entered too early there. Like that was, that was out of frustration. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay. I just, I missed that exit, but I'm, I'm going to hold this a little bit longer instead of taking my trail as I should, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So just, being hyper self-aware. I had an idea of like, you know, just, just while you're, while you're talking about, you could almost ask yourself before the day, before you start trading is like, is this, do I feel like this is a winning day or a losing day? That's just an idea. It's an idea throwing it out there. A winning yeah, day or a losing day. And if you have any inclination that this is going to be a or feels like a losing day, don't 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 trade it. Don't trade mm -hmm. it. And then I mean, oh, geez, man, you may as well just experiment with it, right? Put it down in a spreadsheet. Yeah. This I said this was yeah. going to be a losing day. I didn't trade it. I said this was going to yeah. be a winning day. Did I win? Yeah. Did yeah. I win? Did I win? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Just an idea out there. I just, I just thought I'd throw that out there for the for the listeners. Yeah. Now, um, we're going to uh, dive into the quick fire round in a second. Oh, sorry. Have you got something to say on that? Yeah. I was just going to say, lastly, um, one thing I do do in the pre-market that could probably help some people is the whole idea of the winning day or losing day, not really from like an emotional standpoint, but more of um, contextually, like a visualization exercise you can do is how do you see this candle forming on the daily? It's like, where, like, where do you potentially mm -hmm. see it going? And another thing is like, if, you know, if it's a, like a big news-based day, if like Powell's speaking or like, you know, the feds are speaking, or it's, it's something like that, where a lot of news are centered around the markets, setting yourself up for success before the day starts and reminding yourself like, okay, like it's probably going to be slow until there's news, or I need to be extra careful around this time. So I shouldn't force stuff around this. And, oh, okay. We have like a, we have some blackout periods. Like I don't really expect a lot to be going on. I need to be nimble. We're in the middle of a range of a range of a range. I need to be extra nimble until this resolves, you know, like really, really coming into the session with expectations, I think can help a lot. Um, now, if you had to recommend something, somebody spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Rules and habits, rules and habits. It, it is, 
it is just the epitome of your trading. Like, yes, of course your system is, is what makes you the money understanding your system. But if you do not have your rules and habits down, it's, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Cause like you should, you should also know, like I'm at the point in my trading where I know always exactly what's wrong. Like I, I, I take so many detailed notes and go over things so well that I know I'm like, okay, well, you know, you were too frustrated today and you jumped the gun in the open. Like, that's what's wrong. You need to work on that tomorrow. Or like, you know, or, you know, you completely lost context inside of this. Like that's, what we need to work on. That's, that's your focus tomorrow. So really again, rules and habits and just being so detailed with it. So like the, the best book I could recommend anyone, it's not even a trading book, but it's, it's the book atomic habits. And I think that is like the best, best, best trading book out there or just, just life book in general, because the more you can master those habits and understand how, how much of your day-to-day is dictated by the things that you do and things that you learn and need to unlearn, the better trader you're going to become by fixing all that stuff. Hmm. I, I do I do agree, because I think even like maybe a few months ago, I was really hot on the whole, nobody kind of mentions habits and how habits are such an important part of getting that consistency right it's, it's, it is everything, everything right it is everything because if you can get the habit right then you've got the consistency which then incorporates the mm-hmm. discipline that goes goes with it because it's not really discipline anymore it's just a habit um now you mentioned their rules as well so i mean can you give us some explanation around i suppose how you sort of note things down like you know you mentioned sort of writing something down was it do you handwrite do you put it in a journal like an actual physical journal or, or is it Mm-hmm. online what what does it look like yeah so i use a combination of both personally um i have trader view to actually like review my actual trades um i talk about like my day in there in a journal and then i also just have a like a, a pad with paper and i use this kind of like as an intraday log so things i notice about myself i'll write down and basically take little notes throughout the day and like every single day i have something kind of to reference off of and i just like using a mixture of both some People just use straight up online. There are some studies that say actually like handwriting itself can help you remember it more. I don't think really it matters. It kind of just depends what you personally like to do. But I do think there is value in writing down stuff intraday in the session when it is happening. Because when you do that, it is fresh in your mind. You realize what's going on because as all traders know, like if you have a long day of trading, taking too many trades, like there, we make so many decisions as traders before like the average human does for like their entire day. And we do that in like one hour. So looking back on that and like remembering, like how did this, how was I feeling in this moment? What was I frustrated at? It's kind of sometimes hard to like recall all of that. So having intraday log where you write this stuff down in the moment lets you reference and go like, oh yeah, that's right. Like I got really upset at that reversal because I just totally rushed it or, or, or even, you know, the other side of the coin. Like, I know I'm talking a lot about like fixing things and fixing this, but writing down good stuff that you did. I think this is something that a lot of traders don't do is giving yourself like a pat on the back to be like, you know, there's times in my log where I write down like, dude, you traded great today. Like you did everything you were supposed to. You did everything right. Good job. And like kind of recognizing that because that is the feeling we want is like almost giving ourselves a pat on the back to be like, we're doing our job as we should and the outcome is, you know, we're we're building good habits, we're good at building good discipline, and we're making money. So reinforcing that, I think, is something that no one really does or talks about that much. And I think it's really important because 
we need to recognize when we're doing our job well, because trading is just always like, oh, I, I, I suck at this. I need to get better at this. I need, I need to do this better. But what are you doing good in recognizing that you're doing good? SMB Capital talks about this a lot. They always say like, you know, whatever your strengths are, like you need to, again, you need to add size. You need to push that. So identifying those strengths, like writing that down intraday, writing down good setups intraday, knowing what you're looking for, being very clear. Like that's like my whole concept of futures with like the, the signal bar. Like I, that a majority of my, my, my coaches taught me specifically, he's like, look, the signal bar is like, you know what to look for. It's like, trust your gut on it. And like notate when you're doing it well. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to do that. I'm going to write down when I'm doing it well. And yeah, I think that's super important. And, and when do you read the notes back? Would you read them at the end of the day or was it like a... Uh, when, I, when I'm doing my review, when I'm doing ah, my review, okay, right. like um, midday. Yeah. And because I can add that into um, my actual like typed in journal log review. Um, I'll read them back the next morning too. kind of just look back from yesterday. I'm like, okay, like what did I do yesterday? Um, okay. I was frustrated at, you know, X, Y, Z. Okay. I need to chill out here or, you know, okay. I'm going to work on that. Folks, if you're looking for an automated trade journal or trade copier, then check out my sponsor, Swift Journal. They connect to your MetaTrader 4 or 5 broker or prop firm and give you amazing insights into your trading. To get 20% off, click the link in the description and use coupon code TRADINGNUT. All right, we're going to dive into the quick fire round here and then wrap this thing up. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Took me uh, like a full, like two and a half years, pretty much to find some sort of edge and see some consistency in my trading. Uh, roughly around the three year mark, like I said, is kind of when I started like paying my bills and, and really seeing like, okay, I can start dwindling down my my days at the restaurant now because I am, you know, I'm paying my bills and, and starting to see some success. What strategies do you use to exit or manage your trades? Um, so I use a scale out method. I usually look to take the bulk of my gains around target one, depending on whatever that is. You know, it's always going to vary. Um, I try to normally enter pretty much full size at, you know, my, my signal bar or whatever I'm looking for. And then I take 80% off into target one, and then I'll leave 20% to potentially keep running. But I've just had so many times where if I hold too much, it's just personally for me and my style, it's uh, the, the P&L fluctuation, just if it gets too great and then I see it go down too much, it just messes with my head. So I'm like, okay, the, the safest way for me to do this is hit my target one, take off 80%. And then leave 20% because I'm just like, okay, it's 20% of the position. I don't really care about it. I'm going to move my trail to break even and just kind of let it do its thing. What about a recommended trading book or resource? Um, I said Atomic Habits. That's one of my favorite trading books. Um, Tom Hogard's Best Loser Wins. I think that book is fantastic. I got recommended that recently and I read the whole thing. Um, you know, he always talks about adding to your winners too. So it's definitely something that I took into mind and started thinking about more. Um, but yeah, really understanding more of you know how to be a good loser i think is so so important and then as far as like another resource um my trading community authenticus holdings the guys i trade with like again it's it's such a good community because it's it's we don't do anything on a silver platter like I, i've it's been nothing but me learning for years from them and i think that's really what's kept me always just pondering and and, and learning and getting better is you know actually being like okay here's a thesis or a setup you know, we're talking about this, figure out how you're going to go about it. And you're like, okay, cool. Uh, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I use Thinkorswim for like my options trading and majority for my charts too. And then I use Trade of Eight for my futures trading and my executions. Uh, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Oh God, so many of them. <laughs> um, I mean, with, with options, like I would say 
trading the first couple of minutes after, because like I said, I talked about a lot of, uh, I trade a lot of earnings gaps, trading those first couple of minutes of a post earnings setup where you don't have too much confidence in it or you don't have too much edge and the spreads are really big on it and being wrong. Oh God, you're down 50, 70%, like literally in the blink of an eye. So I've had that happen way too many times. It's yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Keep going. Literally, this career will take you through mental hell. It's like one of the hardest professions on earth. However, if you can learn to build good habits, like I said, and focus on process, keep realigning yourself whenever you fall off, you will become a better version of yourself. I always used to hear from people like, oh, trading makes you a better person. And like, I didn't understand that for a while. But once I started to see like why it does, that it forces you to basically level up, it forces you to become more in tune with who you are, how you're thinking, what you're thinking about. Um, you overall just become a better man or woman. Like it just, you become a better human being and you have to believe in yourself. It's like you, this career, you get punched in the face multiple times, you know, like my unconventional approach, just kind of just quitting my job and going for it. Like I, I, I suffered a lot mentally my first couple of years trying to figure that out, but just having that resilience, that grit, just keep telling yourself that like, you know, I can do this. I just have to keep, get bit keep getting back on the horse, like keep getting back on the saddle. Okay. What's next? What's next? What's next? Took a big L today. What's next? How do I rebound? Like keep going. Keep going. Nice. Now look, before you wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? Uh, follow me on Instagram. I answer most of my DMs all the time. It's at the strong trader. And if you're interested in any of my one-on-one coaching, you can shoot me a DM or I have like a link in my bio for like a coaching, coaching consultation. And if you want to trade with me live every day and the team I talked about, Alpinicus Holdings, I also have the link for that in my bio. We do like a 14-day free trial. You can check it out. It's mainly options and futures, a lot more futures trading now than anything. So it's a cool resource and again, free 14 days. You guys can check it out. Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Tanner for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, will be in the show notes to find them. Simply search for Tanner in the search box on tradingnut.com or check the link in the description. Until next time, wish all my tra uh, listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have an interview done and dusted. Now, uh, remember, we've got the mystery trader hitting the Telegram channel, so trade should be coming in this week, <laughs> pending any technical issues. Uh, and we also have those live streams, so go and check them out over there on the Trading Nut YouTube channel. All right, folks, thanks for watching or listening wherever you are and we'll see you in the next one. Tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts? Introducing my Robot Builders Club. With our platform, you can build bots in minutes, not weeks, without any coding required. Get lifetime access to my video course, VIP community, and over 40 ready-made robots. Works with MT4 or MT5, and as a bonus, you'll get three months access to my Robot Lab, where we build and test bots on live calls every week. Join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter, not harder. Click the link in the description to learn more, get the free training, and download a free robot.